Alright, so I've got a um I think that this is another way to talk about the nutrition thing, and I'm gonna play this really quickly. And this is part of a series of I call Doc Talk, and it's from this um, food is medicine documentary. And the first, this doctor that's going to be talking, she was diagnosed with MS, and she used nutrition to help her alleviate her symptoms. So we can just talk about that. So I'm an academic internal medicine uh, doc. So I'm a professor of medicine at the University of Iowa. And I absolutely believe in uh, science, uh, in drugs and technology. When I was diagnosed with relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis in 2000, I sought out the best MS center in the Cleveland Clinic. Saw their best people, took the newest drugs, and treated my disease very aggressively. Still within three years, I had converted from relapse remitting to progressive, and it was very apparent that I was headed towards becoming bedridden and quite possibly demented by my illness. And I redesigned my diet. The magic begins. Within three months, my fatigue is gone, my brain fog is gone. I can stop modafinil or provigil. In six months, I'm walking around without my walking sticks or canes. I no longer need my tilt-recline wheelchair. In nine months, I bike around the block for the first time. In 12 months, I do a 18-mile bike ride with my family. This really changes how I understand disease and health. And I'm discovering that people are responding really very, very well. So gee, um, this whole thing is really about helping people that have autoimmune diseases and they have other more serious chronic illnesses and how diet can help them. Uh, and when we talk about nutrition and bringing it to the tennis facility, I think the other thing is, and we just talked about the hundred year effect and it making it greater than yourself. I think we all have a greater nutrition mission right? Because there are, we've talked about this before, but there's not a lot of counter messaging that's out there. And I think if we need to build a grassroots nutrition approach here to educating a lot of people so that the tides start to turn so that there's people who can vote with their pocketbooks, but then there's also people that before they ever vote with their pocketbooks start to understand the connections and they start to understand that, Hey, you know, I, I do have a friend who's got an autoimmune disease because the statistics are pretty staggering of the people who have these types of things. Like I think you said you have, I have multiple students with living mm. with chronic illness, chronic illness, and they're trying to figure they're going to nutritionists. They're going, they're trying to figure it out. And I'm going to tell you, they're having a hard time getting answers. Right, right. They're just their bodies are wired to be inflamed, and they have. I mean, I have a couple students that their diets are like three things, and they're just like, oh my god, because everything they eat, eat is is hurting them. Their body just like rebels. So why is that? And that nobody can figure this out. I think so that's hold on, also I'll play this. Okay. accept as normal is the steady decline from the age of 18 with worsening blood pressure, worsening clogging of the artery, worsening mental capacities. 
when we quit eating all these vegetables and started eating sugar and white flour, we decreased the fiber content, and we used to have 100 to 150 grams of fiber in our diet, and now we have maybe 15 to 20 grams. So we're starving the health-promoting bacteria. So we've done a lot of things that switched us from uh, having a healthy, disease-resistant body for which our DNA programmed us to an inflamed, sickly, disease-prone body by having micronutrient deficiencies, by having our gene expression changed, and by shifting which bacteria and viruses live in and on us. The microbiome is all of the microorganisms that live on and within our bodies. And so there's about 10 times as many microorganisms that live in our bodies as there are cells of our own bodies. And one of the things that we understand is that we have this symbiotic relationship with them. We provide a lovely home for all these microorganisms, and then they directly influence our health. One of the things that is the most important property of a healthy gut microbiome is diversity. So we want something like 500 to 1,000 different species of microorganisms growing in there in healthy relative quantities. There's certain things that can actually make the wrong types of bacteria grow. Then you have a system that's out of balance. Then you have the lack of variety that is one of the biggest risks for chronic illness. So we need to feed them vegetables and fruit and nuts and seeds and these great sources of nutrient-dense fiber, lots of plant phytochemicals. And then we can have this healthy, robust variety of microorganisms living within our digestive tracts, living within our bodies that are then providing us with all of these great benefits like regulating the immune system. So the gut microbiome, beyond influencing the immune system, influences things like brain health influences how our neurotransmitters are regulating themselves. They can um, change our hormones and influence our hormones. And we understand just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the gut microbiome. We are starting to understand how profound and far-reaching their effects are. So that talks about the gut microbiome, and <clears throat> I know that's been all the rage over the last few years, but the point is is that they believe that the stomach actually has it really competes with the brain on intelligence and, and because it regulates as she said it regulates your body's ability to defend itself against these these external um, invaders and so we want that healthy bacteria and so what we've done it, if you piece together this from my analytical standpoint is is that you know when i think about all the food products that have enriched white flour and sugars and uh, and all these things we've been getting filled up on those and we've been supplanting that supplanting our vegetable and fruit and nut and seed and all that stuff intake with this stuff and this stuff might be convenient it's easy to get but it's taking the place you know, nutrition negative, it's taking the place of the stuff that we need to help build a healthy microbiome and then in turn can help, help defend ourselves. And, you know, I, I, I think that that's another part of the, the point of having a nutrition class at the tennis club is to educate kids at to get kids. Cause the tennis club is uniquely positioned too, because they get kids at a very early age. They, they really do. They're like a grade school at some level because <laughs> they have a lot of basic kid classes, right? But then what you're doing is when you run these things, 
you're we've and we've allu- we've talked about this. We've also alluded to it that the yeah. kids call the parents out, and then the parents are like, "Well, whatever." Right? What class are you going to? Yeah, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what, what are they teaching you? It's a tennis club. What do they know? Right, right. They're not. Are they certified board? Uh, are they board certified nutritionists? Well, I think that's where right? you would have to preface it with: we have these nutrition classes that are that are run by boards that are run by right. certified well, nutritionists. Yeah. So one thing that she said, which forget forget the good biome, forget all forget, <clears throat> forget all that mumbo jumbo. No one's gonna argue. Fiber is a bunch of mumbo jumbo. Right. No one's gonna. <laughs> no one's gonna argue that fiber is bad because you don't go to the. Bathroom. It's just inconvenient. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah that's yeah, the point. No, but hold on a second. <laughs> but no, but the point she made, which I think was that would be the hit the uh, hit the crickets button. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting good at this. No, I haven't yeah, labeled the, these things. No, you don't need to label. You got it. The, you got I, it. Uh, yeah. Basically. We need 150 to 500 grams of fiber, <laughs> and we're getting between five and 15. What, what do you poop once a week? Oh my goodness, dude! I went to that a- is insane. No, hold on. Just anybody hearing that should be like, uh oh, <laughs> right? Like, you, that, you're no offense. Your crap is stuck up in you. You need to get it I, out. That's <clears> toxic. <throat> hold on. I, That's toxic. <clears throat> Do we understand that? that? I I went to a naturopath who told me that he had quite a number of clients that had a bowel movement once a week, once every two weeks. And he even had several that had bowel movements either three weeks or a month, once a month. And I was like, did they not eat? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, really? Do they not eat? Like, I don't even understand how that's possible. Once a week is like, you're scaring me. I don't even know what's happening. It's coming out your ears. Like, I don't really. I, 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 right. So is that's what we alluded to in another episode, the previous episode on feeling the effect. So then do you just get used to feeling the effect about being all bound up? Not just that. And I think we need studies on this. But the question is, is when that stuff sits in you, is it causing health damage because you're not eliminating it. Well, of course. So it's yeah, doubling. I don't need a, hold on. I don't need a study on that. I can tell you right now. So it's when, another, you're, when your poop is stuck in you for two weeks and it keeps so, on, and that's, that's all the stuff your body doesn't use. So it's doubling down. It's doubling down. This is waste. Your body has made a decision. It needs to go. I have no use for it, right? The body is very intelligent. Yes. It needs to go. I have no use for it, but now it's staying in there. So if we use the effects of putting a piece of fish or old chicken in the garbage in the garbage in your kitchen. Okay, so let's use that as an example. Putting that in and letting it sit, not just overnight, but letting it sit for a week, two weeks. What's your kitchen gonna smell like? What's what's that smell? What's what's going on? Right. What died in there? What <laughs> oh my god. Right. Isn't that true? What died in there? There's a catchphrase for not enough fiber. What died in you? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I mean, think about that. Think about that for just a second. Is that not what's happening here? What's happening here is, is that by backing up the system and that stuff sitting in you, right? And little kids are really good about this. I know that like, you know, teenagers and adults get self-conscious about talking about this. 
because it's like, oh, come on, this is not appropriate. Okay. But little kids would be like the poop, it gets stuck in me and then it doesn't go. And then it causes me to get owie or it causes yeah. me to be sick. Kids will be like all over it. Like I got it. Okay. I so got it, man. M- Mighty M my middle kid. Right. When he doesn't eat enough right fruits or fiber he'll say I'll ask he's like I'll wait when he is when he's been force fed or is eating the traditional western diet he will say to me oh, I don't feel good I, I have a stomach ache right and and I'll say go eat like three oranges or so you drink have some water Right, drink a lot of tons of water. Right, and then all of a sudden he disappears for a half an hour. Comes out of the bathroom. He goes, "Did that really hurt?" And I said, "But do you understand what happened?" He goes, "I got it." And he's going to be seven, right? And he's yeah, he's like, "I got." I said, "Dude, I'm just trying to teach you that this stuff makes a difference. Don't think that it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't back up on you." And I'm going to say something also. Your meals are way more elaborate than mine when you talk about making dishes my kids are like what's for dinner broccoli with like cheese sauce broccoli cauliflower no don't say it i'm going to say it asparagus with some olive oil a little bit and carrots and i just put it out our lunches are hummus and fruits and vegetables i i don't do any processed meat anymore I go the other right way. Right. I'm not against meat at all. Uh, try yeah. to, I eat it probably once a week or twice a week. But I'm trying to show them, and I don't get me wrong, I love to cook. I like making yeah. I like making dishes also. But it's tough because you want to spend time with them. You've got three kids. You're a single dad. I mean, But I want to keep, but I also want to show them too, enjoying a food as it is. This is the way it really tastes. I don't, right. You can say you don't like it right now. Right. But over time... I, was, I didn't tell them. I was the same way. I right. told them I went. It took me a while, but I so appreciate. But wait, I have to interrupt you. If, if you think about it, right, this is right here at the very start of what we're up against. Because you have kids that are being given two choices, in your case, by different parents. But the point is, is like your choice, one choice the more Western choice is it lights up the taste buds and it lights up the brain. It lights up everything. It's like, Ooh, that's pretty good. That's, and even with my kids, because they don't have the fatty brain tissue and they won't until they're 18 to block some of these receptor cells, the effects are almost too extreme. They're like, this is too sugary. This is gross. Like my one son doesn't like frosting at all because he's like, it's too much. It's way too much. But when they're faced with these Western, I mean, you have scientists, I mean, talk about this, this could almost be like a, a, this could almost be like an evil movie, right? You have scientists that are squirreled away in some big corporate tower somewhere that are consciously, they're food scientists, consciously trying to concoct and build different levels of addiction in the food. (laughs) They're trying to build different, you ready? Scooby-Doo, Mystery Incorporated. (laughs) Destroido is the evil company. <laughs> Destroido. Yeah, I didn't. That, I don't that, that yeah. they do that. They do it. One of the when it's a crossover episode. Right. Love Scooby Doo, 
and we're watching this and Destroido is creating in one of the episodes it's bought this brand of food and is tweaking it to make it addictive and right. tra- <laughs> it's it's amazing i would bet i would i'm not inside those uh uh not a scooby doo guy not, no i'm not inside those those food companies but i would bet that they are creating various um uh versions of that one product like oh, various in yes, other words yes. like this is the super sugar this is the little bit less, little bit less, little bit less, little bit less. This is the natural one that the natural people are going to want. Can I ask you something? Because I think this, this goes to what you're talking about. I had a friend that told me, she said that, did you know that when you're younger, you actually have more taste buds than as you get older, which is why things that are like mushrooms, I think they taste, it's too much. Like it's, it overwhelms them. So the earthy taste we taste of any fruit or vegetable as an adult doesn't have the same impact it does um, on our taste buds versus when you are younger and you start losing taste buds as you get older, which is why you gravitate towards things that are more bitter, things that are like darker chocolate, things like more bitter coffee or things that are earthier, maybe more natural. When you're younger, your taste buds are like on steroids. So something like sugar is like, oh, this is so good. Well, everything have is you on, heard? I don't, I don't, I don't, everything I don't, is on steroids when you're younger. Your your healing powers right, but are that, better. So when you talk about the food companies making something, right? Yeah, I it's, think they are. They know their clients. It's actually, I think it's taste buds, but I also think that. It's, have you heard that though? Is yes, that, I have, but I've also heard that it's the fatty. I've it's the fatty lack of fatty layer on your brain. Okay. So as you get older, you develop a fat layer of fat that insulates your brain you know, your blood vessels and everything it insulates your brain. And so what that fat layer does is when we are exposed to things like those super sugars or um, it doesn't have the same impact on us. Like when we have a beer, right? It's like, eh, it's a beer. But when you're a teenager, when you couple the, when you couple the lack of fattiness in the brain, cause it really hits them. That's why they want to get them early right. because like the nicotine rush of that first drag is like, whoa, yo. And the brain is like, wake up. That was something right. And they, so there's that. And you couple that with, um, adolescent adolescents, like hormones and everything out of control that, that, that it's kind of like forbidden. It's verboten, you know, like, whoa, we're having this, we're eating this. You know what I mean? It, it becomes kind of like a, and you have to be really careful. It accelerates their, like their experience. That's basically what it does. It accelerates the experience. And I'm sure that there are food scientists that are out there that are working on giving people the ultimate experience as they would call it. <laughs> and the ultimate experience also happens to have, have a nasty side effect, which is um, over putting too much in your body <clears throat> and putting the wrong things in your body and leaving you with a nasty addiction. And, and not giving you the right <clears throat> amount of fiber to get out the toxic materials that your body doesn't need. Right. It sits inside you. I'm just, fo- again, I'm going to say just focus on the fiber. Right. That and it's, I'm just. Dis- but you don't necessarily need to get on the treadmill and run for an hour. If you go choke down some celery and carrots and, <laughs> and some broccoli, you will get 
I see some people, again, because I'm, it's tennis rockers at the club, that they don't love to exercise. Right. But they walk. Right. And they eat well. And they've, they look great. Yeah. They, they look great. You right. can tell that they're eating the right things. And I don't mean they're super skinny. I, I hate that when we equate health with No, but with like skinny. their facial complexion. They look is, great. Yes. Is, their yeah. face is not droopy. Mm. They are. They don't have bags maybe, or they don't have lines or they. Correct. And know. they don't look like they're in pain when they're walking. <laughs> right. I, I have a woman that's 63 that is a beast. Eats well. Yeah. And she's funny. She looks like she's cut. Right. <laughs> Akadaka. Akadaka looks like she's cut. And I was like, man, you're jacked. She's like, it's fake muscles. <laughs> so she goes, I actually don't lift them any weights. I just walk a lot. And I was <clears> like, what? She's like, I know. But she eats well and she walks a lot and she plays tennis. Right. She looks great. She moves great. At 63, you're thinking, what? When you find out how old she is, you're like, there's no way. She's like, yeah, she moves better than some of the high school kids I teach. So right. that says a lot, doesn't yeah, it? It does. That it doesn't, you don't have to, I think sometimes when you hear these things, you're like, oh my God, it's a full lifestyle change. Go for a 20 minute walk. That you have to walk around your house for 20 minutes. Do or start replacing, start replacing. And this is one of the, the, you have to make things easy. Like I'll go and I'll buy, you know, 12 apples and I wash them all because people can touch them and whatever. And I'll keep them in a bowl and the bowl is right next to where I go. And so it's either that or I could go to the, the pantry where there's all kinds of stuff in there, like fig bars and stuff that I shouldn't eat. So I walk past it and I'm like, or the celery, the celery is washed and cut and clean and all this stuff. Are, and I just literally, when I go in the fridge, instead of getting whatever, you know, I can pull out the celery. You have to put yourself in a position. My um, best friend, who's an internal medicine physician, he has a phrase called don't have it in the house. And I, it's like a really simple but effective way to think about it. Don't have it in the house. And if you don't have it in the house, you can't go get it. <laughs> There's no door to open. Look at that. Here's the cupcake door. It's talking to me. Right. Because <laughs> it's always talking right. to you. <laughs> it's always talking to you. Even with my fatty layer on my brain, it's still talking to me. <laughs> and you're like, don't do it. Patrick, don't come do here. It. Come on. You know you want some. So it's no, but 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 make it convenient. I don't know. Do you do that? Where you have it, you know, obviously you do it probably with hummus. You've always got a hummus container and probably some vegetables nearby. So like pre-cut like peppers or whatever, where you can literally just, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm starving. Okay. You know what? No, rip the, rip the thing. My thing is nuts. I okay. have raw nuts in okay. glass jars around my house. And some of my kids are like, I have a snack. Yeah, you got to be careful of the nut thing with the mold. Too much nut. You got to, yeah, you got to watch that. I eat a lot of nuts. Yeah. Like a lot. No. So, but that's like, we have, I have raw peanuts. I have raw <clears> almonds. Do you I eat have, seeds? Yeah, I like seeds. You eat seeds, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you just make it convenient. You make just it- Just right to scrub that, right. Have And and the fruits there, just at the store I bought. I just bought 12 apples and 10 oranges yesterday. Like just it's sitting on my kitchen table. That's- And there. you make it convenient. It's sitting so right there. Right. And then I also have, mm -hmm. I planned yesterday, I shopped for the week. I, kn I, know I'm, I know I'm having salmon tonight with broccoli and sweet potatoes. But done, that's it. So you do have a dinner. You said, I just have vegetables. But you do have a dinner. You well, yeah, I cut 
You make sweet salmon. Pizza. You have oh, to I, grill I, it and prepare it. You don't eat it raw. Well, I just <laughs> I just put it in the oven. Okay. I, I just Do you put, put anything on it? Salt and pepper. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but you you prepare a meal. <laughs> yeah. That is a meal technically. Okay. No, right, yeah. but I'm, what I'm saying is I'm not putting something with 13 ingredients. Right. My right. ingredients are three, right. or four. It's right. salt. And how do you handle that with the resistance with the kids? I let them prepare it. Actually, they they all they all have knife skills. Yeah. So they all. So that gives them buy-in to this. Oh, food. they're they're putting the olive oil on. They're, so in other words, it didn't just show up. No, maybe that's the part of the problem with the resistance because there's going to be parents who listen to this and they're like, listen. No, they prepare. I can't pull that. So what you're saying is that by pushing the kids or asking the kids to prepare. They're, they have to be all in with the meal. They can't sit there and then look at it and go, oh, God, broccoli. I'm not going to eat this. No way, Dad. You're not going to make no, me No, and here's it. the thing, too. Ready? I always say, I'm not this guy where you have to finish your plate. I hate that. Yeah. Just just take a bite. Do so, I, I always say, t- you're allowed to have one or two bites. So do you still get bite. that resistance? But yeah. You still. Yeah, so some of, some even of though, the I don't, want, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't do cauliflower. Fine, fine. And eat a few more sweet potatoes. You can't make me do cow. Isn't this? I I have to call out the 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 weirdness of this. I I couldn't think of the word. We you you have a kid who's staring at you who's like, I don't do cauliflower. Okay, I just don't do it. But and I'm not saying it's your kid, but you could. That was my kid. (laughs) No, but I'm saying then you also have a kid, the same kid, who if you were to say, here's the bag of potato chips. They'd be like, "Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'll have, I'll have a whole handful. I'll have a bowlful, right?" You, you have the same kid who's like, you put a, a a snack bar in front of them, or you put whatever you put in front of them, cookies, cakes, pies, whatever you put in front of them, and they're like, yeah, "It looks pretty good to me. I'll take some of that." You know what I mean? Like, what is that phenomenon? What is that phenomenon that vegetables are so offensive? It's, it's the taste. That's what I'm talking about the taste buds. <clears throat> it just it for them. It over it's like overstimulate overexcitabilities on their taste. But the, but the food products do that. Yeah, but they if have you the eat sweet, Jay's potato chips. Yeah, but they have the sweet on. the sweet and the salt jack it up. Right. So if I drenched all my vegetables in cheese and salt, right? You're not you know that I'm you're not, saying that that I'm not about food disguising. That, wait, you're <laughs> saying no, I understand, but you're saying the food disguising. I I think this is counter counterintuitive. You're saying that you believe the food disguising, well, the cheese and the salt and all that stuff, actually jacks down the taste buds, and that the raw vegetables jack up the taste buds. Yes, in in the in that their, seems counterintuitive. In their meaning, <clears throat> in their flavor. Yeah, so, right. So if you think of the taste of a cauliflower, right? Of cauliflower, you're saying that the raw cauliflower is too strong. <clears throat> that it, if, it that it evinces evinces this huge re, this huge biochemical reaction in the taste buds. Correct, and, and then, then when you put cheese and salt and all this other stuff, you're putting like a blanket. You over cover it. that that flavor up and give it the predominant flavor of the salt or the cheese takes that over, and that's what masks it. But then you're basically eating a big thing of tons of salt and tons right which we need salt but that's why what would you rather have ready give your kids three mushrooms or three cookies right 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 no one's like oh this mushroom's amazing (laughs) (laughs) it's like hey shove some dirt in my mouth where i'm like "Mm, these mushrooms are actually pretty good (laughs) i kind of like it and you need and you need mushrooms right we need these things and so that's what I'm saying is that the sugar, when it expl- everything's going to explode in their mouth. I'm not saying it's it's 
it's masking, it's food disguising. Isn't this kind of like the competition we feel when we when we talk about like, hey, go read a book versus you want to play some uh, something on the Xbox over here, <laughs> right? Oh, correct. So you play on the Xbox and you're like, and and they're like, okay, after you're done with that Xbox though, I know you've been on there for an hour. I want you to go read. <laughs> the kid's like. I'm not going back to reading ever, <laughs> right? And you're just like, reading? That's slow. That's stupid. It's no fun. I don't get to do any of this stuff. Isn't that kind of like the analogy that you're- It's not you, kind of. So the reading exactly. is the vegetables and the and the cookies are the Xbox. Yeah. And it's like, this is so much more fun and cool and all this other stuff. And, and it's easier. Yeah. It's easier. Kids don't like to read because it gets frustrating when they're learning. And if they remember that frustration, right, they stop. You don't get through that frustration, and you feel the same thing. I, I, and I, you feel the same thing on the tennis court. Absolutely, because Absolutely. if you don't, because if you just put it as a piece of cement with some lines or whatever, and you, and I think that's why they've tried to make it one, two, three easy. But it, it, it's tennis is not. We need to acknowledge it's not an easy game. But the point is, is that tennis is really at some level but you might disagree. It's the broccoli or is the the cauliflower? No, it is. It's it, like, no, it absolutely is. <laughs> and we need to wrap this up, but I think it's important that we, so can we borrow a way to, to use to the way we try to get our kids to eat right, to, to play better tennis or to want to play tennis, want to do it. Can we borrow something from and th that? And thinking long-term, and thinking so long term about your health, the hundred year effect, hundred year effect, and thinking about your 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 fiber intake, like just things like that. Like, like gets. Uh, <laughs> listen, do you like it when your poop is stuck in you for three days? So I mean, I don't. I, you can, and it's not a gross conversation. But I'm going to tell you, there's tons of people that are like that. I, I guarantee you. So, but making it more accessible. I mean you know, like we talked about, maybe there's an analogy we can borrow here, right? So in other words, you make it accessible by having the the vet, the um, apples and oranges on the counter. I'm doing the same thing, like making it accessible. So tennis could borrow it from, the, the tennis could do that. You know what I mean? Like we have to make it more accessible. We have to make it more like, cause we're in competition with Xbox. <laughs> we're in competition with all this stuff. We're in competition with anything that has an easy button. Right. Across the board. Right. If it's it, because tennis has the hard button until you've been playing it. And then once you play it, it's, it's like magical, it's magical it's and magical. it's, and it becomes easy and interesting. Yeah. Inter interest tennis. Interesting as hell. <laughs> no, seriously. I always say tennis. Welcome to hell. Once you get good enough, it's so it's first, it's welcome to hell. And then it turns into interesting as hell and you can't get enough. That's it. But you have to start. It's not just about playing the game. It's about eating the right things. It's about getting your body to move in the right way. Yeah. Forget. I don't want to use the word exercise, and I don't want to use the word diet. And you but don't like to use the word weight either. No, because I'm, I'm a heavier person. I don't. I don't like that. And I, because it's not indicative of your health. Right. For sure. Because sometimes flab needs to be on you. Especially as you get older. How do you fight disease if you're too skinny? Right. Hey, this was pretty good. Dude, you rock my body. You rock my brain. Tennis rockets, baby! Okay. Woo!